welcome to the Magnificent Vibes Podcast, aka MVP, where we talk about sports, media, music, and stuff that you might or might not care about. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the McGregor fight aftermath. Let's see who was wrong and who was right in this melee of an event. Also, we're going to talk some J.R. Smith, NBA Eastern Conference predictions, and also our favorite NBA fight moments. But that is, we're not promoting fighting, just some of our favorites. Also, we're going to go door to door again. You're going to join me in the field ministry as I present in some topics that he might want to talk about or might not want to talk about. Also, in our music table discussion, we're going to talk about the top five most unfairly hated on albums of all time. Also, we have our ever so coveted Ain't Nobody Coming to See You Otis Award. So find out who. Sit back. Relax. Pay attention. Listen. Grab some popcorn. Obey. And be blessed with a wonderful podcast episode. Stay tuned. What up, what up? Good to be back, man. Good to be back. Sorry about the delay, man. We, 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 we have uh, the, the target on 119th of Marshfield to blame for, the, for my, my brief delay. Oh, okay. Okay. You said where now? The, the, the target on 119th in Marshfield, man. Oh, I'm, man. I'm recording live from the Wild Hunters today. From the Wild, wow, wow. Nice. I, see, I ain't never been that deep in the Hunters to really know any, like, like you know, pinpoint, like, like you know, landmarks or whatever. Like, like what's popular over there? What's popping? Man, so it's right off the 57, man. It's, it's the... It's one of the exits off the 57. You got a Burlington Coat Factory over here. <laughs> Shout out to them for keeping me clothed in the 90s, you know. <laughs> uh, you got a, um, you actually got two nice rib joints over here, too, uh, right off the express. But you got Best Barbecue and, of course, the, the famous I-57. That's right. That's right. Shouts out to I-57. Bruh, those rib tips. Man. Link. Thanks, man. And those oh. Bruh, bruh. They, they I, feel like they feel like when they when it when, when they coming out of you, they feel like little tiny ninja stars when they coming out. But they <laughs> man, they good going down, man. <laughs> man, ain't nothing like I think you said. Do they still be like super packed? Of course, man. Of course, it's worse now because like they used to be packed, but they the staff would get you in and out. But now, man, they got these young kids working in there now. They don't care, man. Like, oh no, man, <laughs> man. But I'm, I'm gonna get to that a little later with my dead space uh, segment, man. Okay, okay. <laughs> Look forward to that. Look forward to that. I also got something to add on to that because uh, there is a perpetrator out there. And it's a restaurant, and I'm going to share that later. So we'll we'll, we'll get to that. Real quick, uh, I also want to shout out some more listeners. Big, big, last week's show was a big hit. Getting some good feedback from last week's show. I just want to shout out one of our homies, uh, one of our group chat affiliates, 
Victor Moore. Shouts out to Victor Moore. He's a faithful listener. Always pl- plugs us in the group chat. Let's let's everybody know that that we live on and he's listening to it when he's out working. I guess you know, comment putting up lines or whatever he do up there. Um, <laughs> yeah, shout out to Big Man, aka VSPN. Yes, VSPN, bruh. I had to turn off my alerts, man. I'm like, man, I don't even need ESPN app no more. I actually deleted that. I got Victor in my life, man. VSPN. So if you need <laughs> sports updates, you add him to your add him to your contacts. If you want his number, just be direct, you know. Just hit us, hit us, right, hit us up on the Anchor app. <laughs> <laughs> you want just for updates only, man. Don't be calling him on some some craziness. <laughs> hey, Victor, gonna kill us after this this, this podcast. <laughs> I know, man. Oh, and one more thing, man. Happy anniversary to Victor and his wife. Big time. Great their anniversary this weekend. Um. I'm having a little babysitter uh, a drama, so I, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to make the shindig, but uh, if I don't, man, happy anniversary, dog. Big time, big time. I'll be there, Vic. You know, uh, you shot me the text the other night. I'm definitely going to be there, me and the wifey and the sister-in-law. So, man, big shout out to you. Also, one of my clients, um, Gene Metellus, he's a faithful listener as well. Um, big big fan of the show we talk a lot of hip-hop talk a lot of sports together so he's got us in a regular rotation he actually listens to our show after he listens to Jayla and, and Jacoby so that's big <laughs> there you know yeah man we we moving up in the world man we getting that we we, we coming after they spot <laughs> exactly exactly we coming for you Jay y'all better watch out here we come and then maybe one, one day you could get after our show you know <laughs> right right <laughs> <laughs> and one last shout out, uh, shouts out to my sister, Stephanie, who's also a listener. I actually just talked to her last night. She said she listens to the podcast. She think we a bunch of jerks, but hey, that's Stephanie. <laughs> 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 so big shout outs to uh, little sis, man. But yeah, we about to uh, get into it. We about to get into it. First, we going to open up the show with sports, but it's going to be a little different twist. Now, I just want to say to the audience that's listening in, we are by no means promoting violence on our show. I just want to let you know that. But today's show is going to be heavily talking about fights, brawls, all types of stuff. And we're going to start off with the brawl that everybody's been talking about after this weekend is that uh, McGregor fight. Yes, yes. I... Not me myself. I'm not a huge MMA fan. I have never watched a whole MMA fight. I don't know about you, Ian, but I did get the alert on my phone the next morning after the fight that it was a big brawl. I'm like, oh, this is good. This is good news. So let's talk about it. So, what's your thoughts on the post-fight controversy after <laughs> Khabib and McGregor? Well, from my understanding. This didn't happen out of nowhere. Uh, McGregor, man, he 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 be doing McGregor. He he talking about the dude disrespectfully. I I I, I did see the, the the pre-fight press conference where they found off on each other, and dude was just being mad disrespectful, man. Like 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 to, to borrow a quote from Charlie Murphy, man, he was just mad niggerish, man. Like <laughs> like he he talking about the dude's religion. He talking about his father. 
talking about he be licking booties in the mosque and then you called his dad a coward because of his political affiliation. Wow. Talked about dude's country because I guess dude's Chechnyan. And like, just being mad. Then, then he kept trying to force him to, to take a drink of his whiskey, knowing that the dude's religion forbids him to drink. And just being an overall jacket, you know what I mean? And like, mm-hmm. um, you know, then, then the, the, the incident where he picked up a dolly and threw it at Khabib's tour bus shattered a glass, sent two people who weren't even involved into the hospital. Oh, wow. Didn't know that. Yeah, so the, the bad blood between them was running deep. Like, of course, we all know McGregor. He won his two belts in the same weight class, or in two different weight class, rather. And basically, just walked away and was like, all right, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to join the, the Mayweather circuit, basically. You know what I mean? I'm going I'm to I'm get my money. So I thought he was transitioning out, so did a lot of other people, like Dana White. So Dana White was like, okay, well, if you ain't going to defend your title, like, I'm going to give it to somebody else. I'm going to let two other people compete for it. And Khabib and I forgot the other guy's name. I think Ferguson competed for the belt. Khabib won it. And then that's when McGregor started chawing back and forth with him. Right. So, you know, you know, Khabib, man, he was just running high off emotion, man. Like, you know... That butt whooping was a, was earned and a long, long time coming. So once he got him down, got him to tap out, I think he was just overrun with emotion and was like, man, you know what? I, you know what? Now I'm coming after y'all because y'all was part of this mess too. And then Khabib, people got in the ring and started started squaring off with McGregor and started, started jabbing him and jumping on him. It's like, yeah, they punched him, right? They punched yeah, him. yeah. I'm like, man, this is crazy. The cousin, the cousin, um, Abubakar, whatever his name is, that's what, what his cousin's name was. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, let's not front, you know, like this is a travesty of sports. A violent thing happened after a violent sport. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, it's like like the old saying, man, violence begins more violence, man. Like, you know, UFC is a violent sport. Emotions run high. And you got somebody talking about your family, your religion, your, 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 your home country. You know. Up to get beat down. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know why everybody's acting so shocked like this is a travesty. Like, like McGregor did plenty of wrong here. Um, and he's done wrong with other fighters and never got called out for it because he he's the face of UFC. He bring he puts butts in seats. He, he brings in those sales. So Dana White just kind of lets him get away with murder. So like, let's not act like we got a security issue now because you know Khabib did what he did. Like he's gonna fire all the security staff that was on that was working that night because he hopped over the fence of the octagon. Like it's like, come on, man, how were they supposed to know that was gonna happen? Exactly. So they lose their jobs because somebody, you know, was the cause of all that. Your number one fighter that you promote that brought millions of dollars, set records over the weekend, is acting like a fool, acting like an idiot, insulting the other fighter and his religion and his family. This is what happens when you allow too much leverage with your fighters to get away with so much. Absolutely. And 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 I'm, this is the sad part about it. After the win, I don't know if you noticed, but they are investigating Khabib whether or not to pay him the bonus. Yeah, well, I heard that they weren't paying him the bonus. Like I heard they weren't paying him for the fight at all. Actually, I heard 
he was supposed to get two million, which was still less than what McGregor was getting. When McGregor was getting three million. Like I heard he wasn't getting paid for the fight or getting the bonus. That's what I heard. I, I could be wrong. But that's what I heard. I heard they're going to allow him to retain the belt, and they're going to count the win, but they're not going to pay him for the for the actual fight. Oh wow, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. But McGregor's going to still get his money. Of course, of course. <laughs> See, that's why I don't watch MMA's, man. It, it, it's it's it, uh, you know, it, it's not it's not organized. I never really liked. I've, I've grown up I'm no longer a boxing fan but I used to be a huge boxing fan back in the day I was just a believer in man just technical skill line up you know counting jabs counting points this whole wrestling guys down and beating them to their face turns into a chicken yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never could get into it man And I, but it's, it's drawing viewers and people love it man and it's but the but at the same time, Dana White needs to get things under control. Like you said, he's letting McGregor get away with too much murder. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of fights, kind of trick what what kind of trickled over the weekend. The NBA kind of followed their footsteps, not to that degree. It was more of a hold me back moment between J.R. Smith and Mark. Mark, did you catch that over the weekend? Yeah, man, I caught the aftermath, man. Like, like this is gonna feed into my 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 way in on a, on a second later in the show. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, like J.R. Smith is shadowing. Yeah, all Jay- the all the Cleveland Cavaliers. We're gonna see a lot of uh, instances and incidents, I should say, within this year trying to stay relevant, trying to prove that they're still a team, they're still a contender, you know what I mean? Like, we're going to see a lot of that this year. I, I think this is going to be just the first thing. Yeah, it seems like they're, they're playing with a chip on their shoulder. Like, they're trying to rub it in. I mean, they beat the Celtics pretty handily in this preseason game. Now, now Kyrie didn't play, Hayward didn't play, so I really don't you know, and pre and it's preseason, so no one looks at it as a real game. It kind of reminds me of remember, and, and this actually is going to go into our next set, segment kind of beautifully with it. We're still remaining on the topic of fights, in turn, in particular the NBA. Remember, it was a preseason game prior to that controversial Lakers King series in 2002, where Doug Christie got into a scuffle with Robert Ory. No, it was Rick Fox. Doug Christie kind of muffed him and Rick Fox punched him in the face and the next thing you know uh, Doug Christie's wife got involved in the incident and she attacked Rick Fox in the locker room and that's what led to the whole Shaq saying I don't care about the Sacramento Queens (laughs) (laughs) I don't care about the Sacramento Sacramento Queens (laughs) put it in a postcard send it I don't care about the Sacramento Queens. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And so this is kind of similar. Like, you know, the Cavs are, got a chip on their shoulder just like the Kings did because they felt like they were slated the year prior. And, and now they're out trying to prove a point and, and really get under these teams that are more superior, that they know they're more superior skin. You know, Cleveland, man, I, I, I was going to put them in my... 
my oldest segment, but I got somebody worse than that for that. But, dude, <laughs> come on, man. Come on. Yeah, we're going to see a lot of that this year. Mark my words. And here's the unfair part about this whole thing. Marcus Smart got fined $25,000 for escalating the fight, but Smith, JR, gets fined $15,000 for initiating the fight between him and Baines. So, come on, NBA. Like, really? Yeah. The NBA don't like Marcus Smart, I don't think. Well, he's going to be, I, I don't know, man. He might be the next one on test. He might. He just might. He got the potential. Because he's got a, he's got a, he's got a short fuse. It, it, it's slated from college. I remember in, it was a college game some years back when he was in his sophomore year where he attacked a fan after a fan heckled him after missing a layup. And, and now, you know, I was like, man, this dude, like I was, I remember looking at him in college, like, man, this dude is talented, but he needs to control his temper or else he's going to be one of those hotheads in the NBA. And, you know, he's a, he's a nice player. I, I like, I've grown to like Marcus Smart. I didn't like him at first. Man, you know, I, I liked him ever since he was at uh, uh, OSU, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got a lot of heart. He plays with a lot of heart. He played. He's an undersized player that can guard guys bigger than him. Uh, he's an underrated offensive player. The man is an excellent piece to this team, and he's kind of like East Coast Dre, East Eastern Conference Draymond Green, but a little bit less toned down than Draymond. I think he's a more show and prove version of Draymond. Draymond is more of a talker that likes to get under in your head, but really don't really fight nobody. So, but I think Marcus will fight you. Yeah, he 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 about that life. Yeah, he about that life. He said he told, he told Jr. Smith, "You know where I live." <laughs> I was like, "Oh man, Marcus won me over this year, man. He's he's my new favorite player." Yeah, I think I think Jr. Smith is the ten tough anyway, man. Yeah, he is. He is. He's he's just he's he's all about his Hennessy. <laughs> You know, his, his Hennessy, his tattoos, his tattoos. He don't care about that stuff, man. He don't care about fighting nobody. He just look tough, but he ain't. He ain't tough. Go, 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 go. Dig up his high school pictures. You'll see. He's not tough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that opens up the door too. Since we're talking about NBA and we talked about fights and hold me back moments, we're gonna talk about some of our favorite. NBA fights in, in, in NBA history before we get to our Eastern Conference picks. Ian, what were some things that you recall from those brutal days? Back yeah, man. Um, so many, man. Like, like <laughs> we might have to do a weekly segment on this because, like, it's just I can't get to them all. Well, let's just name one. What, what What's the first one that comes to mind? Man, the first one that comes to mind is Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal. Oh my God, that is a great fight! Oh, <laughs> uh, I get. I think Shaq like elbow Barkley on like a on like a layup or something. He hit him kind of hard. Yeah. Barkley turns around, see who hit him. They already called the foul, so Barkley just takes the ball, <laughs> bounces it right off Shaq's head. <laughs> <laughs> and then Shaq, who is the worst puncher on earth, the worst punch thrower on earth. Swings, pulls back, swings, totally missed Barkley's face. <laughs> Barkley 
had that look of stun in his face. Like, I know this dude ain't about to punch. Whoa! And then he just ducked. And he actually took, he actually took Shaq down pretty good. He did, man. He, like, got, got under Shaq's legs and, like, took him down, man. Like, Charles Barkley had squabbles back in the day. Y'all don't know. Hey, man, people that look at Charles Barkley now and say he's out of shape and fat and old and disgruntled and hate the NBA, you ne- you better not try to start a fight with Charles Barkley in person. He he, he will take care of you. Remember with the Sixers, people forget, he was the one who held down to, uh, Larry Bird while Julius Irvin, like, just stole off of him. Oh, yeah, he was fun. Yeah, yeah. He was, man, he was laying bricks on top of Larry Bird's face. I, I'm talking about that. And that was the year, and that was the year that uh, Dr. J retired. That was Dr. J's retirement season. That's how savage that was. Yeah, man. He throw, he throw punches in bunches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. One, one fight that actually uh, we're going to stay, since you brought up Shaq, we're going to stay with Shaq. I'm going to bring up this one, and we'll bring up more as uh, we do more episodes. But remember when the Lakers played the Bulls in Chicago? Oh, yeah. And I guess Shaq went up for a layup. He got fouled pretty hard, but Oakley was the one that fouled him. And I guess Shaq turned around and saw that it was Brad Miller. So he gets into it with Brad Miller, pushes him out of bounds. Then he does his famous... I'm cocking my throw, all my, I'm cocking my arm all the way back so you can feel all this power and swings at Brad Miller. Brad Miller turns around and he sees Shaq Fist coming and he moves his head perfectly out of the way before he gets, you know, and, and, and Shaq totally misses. Ron Artest comes from behind Shaq. Oakley comes from behind Shaq and they both, they tackled him to the ground. It was straight pandemonium in Chicago that night. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, Brad Stevens got out the way just in time. Oh yeah, big time. And like Miller, hey, Miller was Miller was a gangster, man. Like people don't remember Brad Miller had games. I'm sorry, Brad <laughs> Miller. Did I say Brad Stevens? Yeah, Brad Stevens. But that's okay. You know, Brad Stevens can't even, you know. I don't know, man. I don't know. I I, I ain't gonna sit there and call out Brad Stevens as a as a, a twerk, but <laughs> no, but Brad Miller, my fault. I misspoke. I misspoke. Yeah, Brad. Brad Miller was down. Yeah, Brad Miller. You know, he wasn't no punk man, and but and I remember Brad Miller talking about the incident. He did say he saw Shaq coming at him in the corner of his eye, and he knew Shaq was getting ready to hit him, so he kind of moved his head out the way uh, before Shaq was able to connect on the punch, which he never did. And then Oakley was the one that fouled him, and then. Uh, I remember later on in the TNT episode that Ernie Johnson brought up that fight and basically said, you know, Kenny Smith was like, hey, man, you know, Brad Miller didn't even touch you. And Shaq was like, well, he had uh, elbowed me prior to that play and all this other stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> no, nah, dude, you just didn't want to go at it with Oakley. That's what that's what that really was about. Yeah, he didn't want that smoke from Oakley because, you know, he know, Oakley throw punches in bunches. Exactly. Come on, he just got whooped by Charles Barkley. You think, and, and Charles Barkley and Charles Oakley have had their run-ins. We'll get into yeah, that. About that. Yeah, they, them two used to battle it out, man. Barkley I, used to mix it up with a lot of people, man. <laughs> I know, I know. Barkley didn't play, man. You know, and Oakley. So, 
you know, Shaq knew Shaq knew the deal, man. He like, all right, man. Since I lost to to, to Barkley a, a few years prior, yeah, I'm a, I'm a swing off on the goofy white boy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, Brad Miller was smart enough to duck and get out the way, and and then who you had? Lo and behold, old Ron Artest rushes and, and everybody falls. I'm talking about everybody fell into the to the crowd, man. That was a great that was a great one because. You know, the Bulls were trash that year and it wasn't really nothing good on TV. And for them to give us that show, that 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 made that made my year that year. <laughs> yeah, but we, we man, dude, I, I do want to revisit this and, and, and address more, man. There, there was some there was some classic ones, man, back in the day, especially in the 90s. Oh, big time. Big time. All right, so we're gonna move on. We did our Western Conference pick last week, if you missed it. Hey, check out the previous episode and see who we picked for our top eight in the Western Conference. And remember, people, these are just predictions. We ain't writing these in stone. We just going off what we think is going to happen. The season change and then, you know, teams change. And, you know, we could basically change our predictions right off the fly. But this is just based off expectations. Yeah, man, we might revise them. We might revise their way through the season, man. Yeah, exactly. Because you're going to have surprise teams. You're going to have uh, other teams that are that were good last year that's just all off hard, you know? So let's get to the Eastern Conference. Last year, I'm going to just round off the top eight. Last year, the Toronto Raptors finished first. The Boston Celtics finished second. Philadelphia 76ers finished third. The Cleveland Cavaliers finished fourth. Indiana, fifth, Miami, sixth, Milwaukee, seventh, Washington, eighth. And then the bottom is Detroit, Charlotte, New York, Brooklyn, Chicago, Orlando, Atlanta. So, Ian, who you got in the East as far as your top eight? All right. So, just missing the playoffs. Number nine, I got the Indiana Pacers. What? The blasphemy. Yes, sir. The blasphemy of getting rid of Lance Stevenson. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> I got him. I got him at nine. You know what? I? Yeah, but this is the other reason why I think they're going to fall tonight. I think Oladipo's going to get hurt. Okay. Okay. I think, I think he's going to be getting doing too much because Lance Stevenson ain't there. You know what I mean? No more to, to, to put up points and assists. Okay. And he's going to be doing too much. And midway through the season, man, I think we're going to see old people get injured. Wow. That's a bold prediction, man. Okay. Who you got at seven? No, I'm sorry. They were nine. Oh, they were nine. I'm sorry. Eight. At at eight, I got Miami. I think they're going to make one last playoff run. They're going to do just enough to get into the playoffs since it's Dwayne Wade's last season. Blase, blah. Farewell tour. Yeah. Stop Miami. Um, number seven, I got the Washington Wizards, man. I t- I can't justify putting them above seven. Sorry, like I know why. Like y'all, the hometown of Wale, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> you I knew know, it. I saw it coming. The, the world's most average rapper. Um, <laughs> and y'all, the world's most average team. So I can't justify putting y'all above seven. Prove hey. me wrong. Prove me wrong, Washington. Prove hey, me wrong. You and and I don't mean like I don't mean prove me wrong by getting the fifth seed either and then getting bounced in the first round. Like, right. like y'all, y'all got some y'all got some work to do, man. Uh number six, 
Uh, I got the Charlotte Hornets. Okay. Um, they got a lot of talent on that team, man. They just don't know how to how to hone it, man. Um, they're going to be out. big shout out to Frank Brzezinski on that team. He actually came to Floyd's and got a haircut. Oh, word, word. Yeah, I got a picture with him and everything, man. He, he's a big dude, man. Okay, okay. All but right. Probably the team is talented. Yeah, a lot of talent, man, but they just can't. I don't know, man. They just can't turn that corner, man. But uh, <clears throat> anyway, number five. This is a bold prediction. Number five, <clears throat> I have Detroit. Um, man, I'm hoping they can kind of make that leap, man. Um, I know they just fired their coach and everything, but... Blake Griffin, man, you in the Eastern Conference now, man. Like, like, <laughs> you should be making noise, man. You should be making noise. Yeah. Um, hopefully, hopefully y'all do. Hopefully y'all get back to that ground and pound basketball. You still got Andre Drummond. Man, let's see what y'all can do, man. It's time to make that leap. Number four, man. This is another bold prediction. Uh, Milwaukee, man. I think if Giannis stays healthy, they could they could be a solid four seed, but they're just not doing enough to build around him, man. No, they not. They're not doing enough to build around him. So I'll be honest with you, man. Four through eight, it was tough, dude. I revised this list four times. Oh wow. Because it's just so hard to tell uh who's gonna land where, but the top three were easy. So at number three, I have Toronto. Um, <laughs> you know, Kawhi Leonard's gonna keep them you know, as a as a quality team. Um, number two, I got Philly. Number one, I got Boston, man. I, with Boston, um, I think they'll they'll do good enough to be the number one seed. But I predict I predict some locker room drama this this year with them. Hmm. Okay. Between who in particular? Uh, specifically Kyrie Irving, Marcus Smart. Uh, Terry Rozier, uh, man, I'll throw Jason Tatum in there too, man. Like they made it to Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals without their two best players. If I'm them, I'm like, it's the fourth quarter, man. You better have me on that court. Every time, every time, dude, there's a close, winnable game, and I'm not on that floor in the fourth quarter, and we lose, you gonna hear about it in the locker room. Big time, big time. Hey. That could happen. That could happen. I, I can't. I can't disagree with you more. And, and Kyrie is terrible at communication, man. Like, like he come. It's like I don't think he means to do this, but he just comes off very blase, fair, and very apathetic and kind of arrogant. And you know, I don't know, man. I just see him after he returns, man. I, I could kind of see him rubbing some of his teammates the wrong way. You know, he wasn't there for him in that game seven. He, he went on the sidelines. He decided to get some minor surgery that day. Yeah. You know, I don't I, know, man. We, we I, I talked about that. Yeah, I could see some 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 minor locker room drama happening with them uh, uh, this coming year. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, we'll see. We'll see if they if if they get off to a slow start, we might see it early in the season. Yeah, yeah. But overall, I trust Brad Stevens. I think he'll have him clicking enough to, to make make the number one seed. Yeah. Okay. All right, then. Well, that's Hens top eight. Here go mines. I'm going to start from the top only because the bottom gets a little sketchy. 
Toronto, I got Boston at number one. I got the Toronto Raptors at two. I think, I think Kawhi Leonard is going to ball out this year. I, I, I think they are better with Kawhi Leonard. Now, Kyle Lowry has been on record saying he's been upset with the organization and stuff like that. But, bro, you're going to have to get over that because when you see that machine go to work, uh, you, you you ain't going to help but to put that buckets with him. So, and this is why I still have no faith in the Toronto Raptors. It's, it's You got your point guard complaining about the organization. Yeah. Dude, they got you Kawhi Leonard. I yeah. would take Kawhi Leonard over DeMar DeRozan any day. Any day, yes. They yeah. got, it's not like they traded him for a bunch of scraps and bench players and role players. They got Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green. Yeah, and this man is a finals MVP. And you you going to, ooh, they got rid of my friend, huh? Whatever, man. That's why you a loser. That's why you, whatever, you got swept three times in a row. Right, exactly. Uh, next, I got Philly. At, uh, I unlike you, I'm not hating on the Indiana Pacers, even though they gave up the greatest player of all time in Lance Stevenson. I think the East is still garbage enough for them to make the playoffs. I got Indiana at four. I got Milwaukee five. I have Washington six. As much as I think Wale raps like you can learn the ABCs from him, I just think that, you know, I, I, I think the Dwight Howard edition really helps them. Hopefully Dwight is the Charlotte Hornets Dwight and not the Houston Rockets Dwight. <laughs> Boy, it could be scary. Um, he balled out in Charlotte last year and I felt like he had an under, underappreciated season. Man was putting up some big numbers. It's just the biggest problem with Dwight has always been his heart. Uh, you know, is his heart into it? Is he, is he into it? Do he want to win a championship? And that's been the biggest criticism of him is that he will never win a title because it's not in his heart to want to win a title. So he'll be good enough to put him in, in, a, in a piece where with the Washington Wizards, good enough to get them to the first round of the playoffs, maybe the second round. I don't know. I don't think that'll happen. But it's going to be another disappointing season for Washington. I noticed in your top eight that you had a team missing. I'm going to add this team just because I'm a homer. I'm going with the Chicago Bulls at number eight. I skipped seven for a reason, but I, I'm going with Chicago at number eight. I don't trust. I don't just don't trust them yet, man. I don't trust them yet. Mark Cannon is co- going to be coming back from an injury, and Jab- yeah. I think Barry Parker got the curse of the raggy man. <laughs> you know, like he walking around with this old scraggly looking beard now. It's like. Man, man, dude, shave and ball out, man. Like, right, right, right. Hey, he looked he looked pretty good in a couple of preseason games. His his defense is kind of garbage, though. I, that that worries me with him. Hey, man, he can't be hanging out with the folks on the weekends when when he ain't got a game, man. He gotta <laughs> you gotta get serious, man. You you. <laughs> hey, he's trying to hold down the fort while D Rose is in Minnesota, man. <laughs> <laughs> trying to hold down. Gotta, hey, hey, the folks got to check in with somebody, you know. <laughs> hey, man, he got to make sure he hold it down, you know. Uh, what's his name? You know, he got to make sure your boy Tony Allen don't show back up in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> he, you know, he he on top of that too, you know. So I, I, hey, I'm not. I'm rooting for Jabari to have a good season. You know, he was 
pretty much basically you just gave up on it. They gave up on him. Milwaukee gave up on him and just left him out to dry because of the success of uh, the Greek Freak, which is for good reason. Man, towards ACL twice in one leg. So, you know, I, I don't I understand why they did what they did. So I hope he resurrect his career in Chicago. That would be a huge uh, booster for the fans in Chicago. Marketing, I think, uh, I think he's out a month or two. Um, yeah, I think two months. Yeah, so that's gonna hurt the Bulls. I, I got him at eight, but that could change. I'm at him at eight only because I'm a homer, but that could change over the season. We'll see what happens. Zach looks good over the, during the preseason, but we'll see what Zach does. And uh, I do like that rookie Wendell Carter Jr. He's gonna be a solid player from years to come. But in the seventh spot, I'm going to have to take Miami out. And I'm going to insert, and I'm with you on Detroit, man. It's time for Blake Griffin to show and prove, man. The excuses are, th- those have to stop, man. I felt like, and this is how I feel. You say what you want about Chris Paul. I feel like one of the biggest reasons why Chris Paul doesn't have a ring to this day is because of Blake Griffin. He was a terrible support to Chris Paul. I'd agree with that. Games, He got punked out in a series against the Memphis Grizzlies where uh, Zach Randolph just basically abused him on two bad two bad ankles. And told, right, right. And told him he was going to abuse him. Yeah, and told him he was going to abuse him. You know, it, 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 and Blake Griffin was coming out to all oh, my knee and my, my I have tendonitis and this, that, and the other. And Zach Randolph was like, man, I ain't even got no knees. I ain't got no knees. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still busting this blank on, on TV. Hey, get out of here with all these excuses. I was like, oh, man, okay, Zach. Okay. Yeah, Zebo, Zebo, man, dude, he saw blood in the water when he had to play the Clippers and Blake Griffin, man. Zebo, Zebo used to give, get, he gave Blake Griffin fifth. Man, he gave and Zebo all well. So, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Shout yeah. out, Shout out to him, you know. Yep. <laughs> this, this, oh man, I'll fight, man. Ask Ruben Patterson about Zebo. Ask who? Ruben Patterson. Remember the Kobe stopper from Portland? No, no. Oh, you don't remember that incident? That was when uh, Zebo was in Portland and they got into an altercation in practice and he punched his eye socket out. What? Yeah. Yeah, Ruben Ruben's career was never the same after that. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, yeah Zebo don't play, man. Yeah, Zebo was that real deal. But yeah, man, Blake Griffin, man. I think he he thought it was going to be all good when he was the face of the franchise and he was the big dunk man and the powerful yeah. dunk guy and the would jump over this Kia. This is court. Dunk the ball and it was all great for highlights for him, but when it came down to like winning, okay. Guess what, Blake Griffin? We're gonna give you some 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 uh, um, all-star teammates. We want to see what y'all y'all can do, how far y'all can go in the playoffs. We want to see if you go in a championship. And I think that's when it stopped being fun for him because the expectations grew. Yeah, exactly. So show and prove, Blake. I got you as I got the Detroit Pistons at seven. I love the Wayne Casey as their coach. I think he got blackballed in Toronto, but I think the uh, Dwayne- oh Dwayne Casey's their coach now. Oh yeah, big time. Oh, cool, man. Okay, okay. 
All right. They so him right out. Toronto let him go. Okay, so yeah, they should be able to. I think they can go five. Hey, possibly, possibly they got rid of. Uh, well, they I think they still got Jackson, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think Detroit. I think Detroit can get into the playoffs. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Cleveland. I don't. I'm not convinced that Cleveland can make the playoffs this year without LeBron James. They just don't have a roster to do it, and it's. it's Tristan Thompson will be a candidate for the J.R. Smith Award next year. Ooh, early prediction, huh? Uh, yep, I'm, I'm putting it out there. I'm putting it out there. Wow. Well, you heard it here first, y'all. Y'all heard it here first. Um, and we're going to get into our awards uh, preview, too, um, big time. We got predictions as far as who we think going to win MVP this year, who's going to win Coach of the Year, who's going to win the J.R. Smith Award this year, who's going to win the worst defensive player of the year this year. We're going to get into all that stuff big time once the NBA starts. But, uh, hey, Ian, if you don't mind, uh, my time is running out, so I got to go out and field service. So uh, I'm going to get to these doors and uh, see what's going to happen. All right? Cool, cool. Okay. All right, about to go to – I'm on uh, I'm on 119 still. So um, – Got a lot of do not calls on this block, man. It's kind of <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go to this first house then. Let's, uh, let's see what happens. Man, that's Where? a weird door. <laughs> right, what was that? Sounded like a duck. <laughs> <laughs> this is your doorbell, man. You don't want me. <laughs> Who is it? <laughs> yo, uh, man, I'm starting off my presentation saying yo. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my name is Rodney Walker, and I'm here because I want to see if you're interested in Kanye West having lunch with Donald Trump this Friday. Not interested. Not interested? Not interested. All right. Well, I'm shutting the door, man. Okay. <laughs> well, you have a nice day, sir. You, you you do the same. Okay. Oh, man, dude, it's tough today, man. I'm having a tough time. Let's see what happens with this next door. <laughs> what was that, your zippity zane? Like, hey, man, that's your doorbell, man. <laughs> yeah, I can't help with the doorbell sound like. All right, <laughs> uh, man, who, who is it? Hi, my name is Rodney Walker, and I was discussing with our neighbors, the Green Bay Packers. Are they in trouble? Um, I'll keep it brief. I'll keep it brief because I have to go to work. Okay. But- I, I think the Green Bay Packers might be in a little bit of trouble. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, yeah, I, their kicker basically lost the game for him over the weekend. Missed five field goals, bro. That's that's unheard of. <laughs> five field goals and an extra point? Well, four field goals and an extra point. So that's, what, uh, four times three, 12 plus one? That's 13 points you lost by seven. That's that's inexcusable, man. Was he drunk? Like, what, what was I think he had a couple, man. I think he had a couple. You know, the cheese heads, man. They 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 drink they drink a lot of three three one two. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of great goose over there, man. A lot of a lot of line and kugels. Right, right. Line kugels. A lot of blue moon. You know. They they. Yo, get what there. is what is going on? Your kicker can't not. I mean, that's that's unheard of. Yeah, that, that is unheard of, man. They said they're gonna keep him too. Was the were the were the 
were the distances was the yardage on those kicks really far or something like one was 38 one was 41 one a couple of them was in the 30s a couple of them was in the 40s and then you know you got the extra point as a chip shot yeah yeah that's uh that's inexcusable man yeah that's inexcusable yeah that's 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 frustrating, man. If you're if you're a Packers fan out there, I don't feel sorry for you, number one. But hey, it is what it is, man. Get y'all a new kicker, or else y'all season gonna be in trouble. No matter what Aaron Rodgers do. But uh, thanks for taking time out before you had to go to work to discuss the Green Bay Packers. All right, peace, nigga. <laughs> man, that was a cool dude, man. I'm going. <laughs> Next door, I might, I might mark that down as a return visit. All right, all right, I'm going to my next door. But where is it? Hi, my name is Rodney Walker, and I wanted to discuss something that happened over the weekend. Jimmy Butler almost got traded this weekend. Um, I, I, I'll keep it brief since I have to be at work, and my kids are yelling in the back. <laughs> Um, we saw, I saw this coming. Uh, it just, the talks broke down with Miami, correct? Yes. Yeah, I knew he wasn't going to Miami. Um, I don't know if he was trying to be the heir apparent to Dwayne Wade or something. And the new face of the franchise, but I knew they were going to be asking for too much in return, so. Yeah. Uh, no surprise there. No surprise there. Yeah, get, apparently, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, he needs to get fitted for his Knicks uniform, like, right now. Yeah. <laughs> so you think he's gonna go to the Knicks? Yeah, man. Get used to that. That orange and white, man. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Minnesota, they really pushed hard, man. From what I heard over the weekend, they pushed hard to try to trade Jimmy, but Miami just wasn't um, interested for some reason. And, it, and some uh, one thing that got inserted into this whole Woj bomb is that. Minnesota shared Butler's documents with Miami. Now, his, his medical documents. Now, according to my documentation, here on page 39, Jimmy Butler might have <clears throat> don't give me <clears throat> uh, assist. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He out there banging. He out there, you know, complimenting D Wade's, you know. Wife, oh uh, man, you saying he out here riding dirty? Girlfriends, like, hey, you saying he out here riding dirty? He, he might be out here riding dirty, according to page forty of my documents. <laughs> so I, I'm just, I'm just sharing. I just wanted to share that with you today. All right, I'm, I'm closing I, the door, man. I'm closing the door. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, all right. Well, maybe some other time, man. <laughs> all right. I'm going to go to, uh, I got two more doors here. Actually, uh, an outside doorbell supposed to sound. Absolutely. Who is it? Uh, my name is Rodney Walker. I wanted to get your thoughts on the Jason Van Dyke getting convicted over the weekend. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, please come in and have some Hawaiian punch. Oh, thank you, man. That's my favorite drink. <laughs> um, you know what? It, it's, it's, you know, 
we 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 here at, at Magnificent Vibes, we are always proponents of justice, you know, being served. It's, it's, it's so crazy how the city was preparing for the verdict, like, you know, with the, with the riot protocol and all of that. And that, that doesn't speak on the city of Chicago and its citizens. That speaks to the fact that cops usually get off with this sort of thing, and people are understandably upset. Exactly. Um, you know, I'm glad the guy got a conviction. To me, it was a pretty open and shut case, man. Like, you know, especially if you saw the footage, man. He just lit the boy up, no question. Like, it wasn't even like he emptied the clip, man. Yeah, like just sight sight scenes. Just put my gun out and shoot you, you know. Um, and it's so crazy. It's it's, it's a tragedy, man. It's just so many lives get affected from these sorts of things. I have a coworker whose mom teaches at the school that Van Dyke's children go to. And she was telling us that ever since the, 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 the news story broke about what Van Dyke did, his kids have needed police escorts to and from school. Yeah, they were getting threats via Snapchat, via Instagram. People were taking their, his daughter saying, if he gets off, this this this, this is how the book was going to get him. Actually, I got a, uh, a young sister at my hall actually was a classmate of one of his daughters. So he said the same thing. Um, we went out. We went to go eat with uh, her family over the weekend after the meeting. And she told she told us though that, yes, she used to be a classmate of mine. I was like, what? I was like, she's like, yeah, it was it got it got pretty ugly. So, yeah, uh, it was real, man. It was real. The hate was real out there. Yeah, it just goes to show, man, when you do things, it's not about you always. It can affect other people. One more tidbit that I want to add to this before I move on to the next door is what really lost the case was two things. That stupid video they tried to make of the incident, they tried to do like an animation of the actual camera version of it. And they actually show Laquan actually coming towards Jason Van Dyke before he shot his gun. And then he, they only show five shots in the footage. And I was like, oh man, they done lost the case already on that one. That You might as well close that. This dude's about to lose. And then another thing was Van, when Van Dyke went up to testify, he sounded so guilty. So guilty. It was just like, you saw the guilt in his face. And you pretty much knew it was a wrap for him, man. The only thing I was disappointed about with the whole trial, he got he had 16 counts, and he was pronounced guilty 15 of the 16 counts. The one that he got pled not guilty on was for misconduct. How in the world do you shoot somebody 16 times and you own and, and you get off and, and and one of the convictions that you pronounce him not guilty on is misconduct? What? Wait, so did what, so did he plead guilty on the other one? Uh yeah, he pled guilty on he pled not guilty for all the all the charges, but he got convicted, you know, 15 of the 16 counts. The one that he got pronounced not guilty on was the misconduct. Yeah, because there was muddiness around that. Like it because he in his defense, and I hate to say this. It wasn't so much him as like the other cops who were on the scene as well. Mm-hmm. 
who tried to like confiscate the video because there was some video there was some other footage from like some gas station clerk or something and they tried to confiscate it and it was some shadiness going on there but i don't think he was directly involved with that yeah okay all right well that that explains that but that was the only thing uh if i had to nitpick the whole case but other than that he got what he deserved and um you know, I'm sure Laquan McDonald's family, even though they won't be able to get Laquan back unless, um, you know, they, you know, the new system happens and, you know, somehow, some way he never got a chance to know, you know, God that he'll be able to see, they'll be able to see him again. But man, uh, you know, I feel sorry for the family, even though they won, they won the trial, but they still lost the son. So you know it's it's sad but thanks man for talking about this i'm gonna go to one more door and so but but thanks man and thanks for the wine punch too man not a problem man anytime bro <laughs> all, right, man. <laughs> all right last but not least <laughs> okay man dang, man these, these doorbells are popular in this neighborhood <laughs> Them zippity things. Uh, who is it hi my name is rodney walker I just want to, I'm here because I wanted to talk to you about a teacher in China who told his students to smash his cell phone or her cell phone because he caught her on the phone texting during his class. I see that you have young ones and uh, I see the toys in your front room. How do you feel about that? You said this was in China? Yeah. I did not hear about this story, but it sounds like a their teacher needs to lose their job. I agree. I agree 100%. Parents spend money on their uh, kids' phones so that they could keep track of them. And, you know, they need their phones. And if your student is basically breaking a phone rule in your classroom, just take the phone and put it under, in your desk and don't give it back to them until the class is over. But that's not your right to tell a kid to smash their phone. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's bizarre, man. Was that? I know. I was about to say something a little racist, but I'm gonna refrain. You know what? You know what? I, I, I'm gonna go ahead and say it anyway. Like, like was this teacher like Taipei from the old Kung Fu movies? Or, that was I heard that dude that was all cruel to his pupils and like had the big white wig and a long white beard. <laughs> I uh, you know what? I couldn't really see him good because whoever took the video footage of the student like hammering the set, you know, it was on the floor. I couldn't really see him. It was kind of blurred. So, Dang, yeah, hammer and everything. Yeah, big time. Crazy, so, crazy. Yep, yeah, but uh, that's about it. That's about wrap things up. Man, and, I think I would have had to taste my tiger fist for that. You <laughs> <laughs> was gonna have to wear your gi again. Yep, I, was, I brought it out of retirement. <laughs> my tiger style. <laughs> Wow, that's amazing, man. That's amazing. For those who don't know Ian, man, dude, we'll we'll have a geek story for you <laughs> later episodes, man. It, it's classic, dude. It's classic. But uh, moving on to our next segment, 
We're gonna talk. We're gonna sit at the table again. We're gonna talk music. And this week, we're gonna talk top five unfairly hip hop hated on hip hop albums. And me and Ann talks about. We talk about this a lot in the past, but now we gotta put it on wax. Um, for sure, for sure. Let's do it. So, Ian, what what did you, what did you come up with? Man, so I might have some repeats of your list, but okay. um, man, number one, man, I got Cannabis's Can I Bust album, his debut album, that okay. everybody hated for like the wrong reasons. Like, lyrically, you got what you expected from Cannabis. Right. Um, the, the, the themes he touched on were dope. The production, well, it's not that bad. I don't know what cats were expecting. It's like they were expecting him to be a rapper that he wasn't. It's like anyone who expected cannabis to not be cannabis was like going to be disappointed. But like this is yeah. not a bad album in retrospect. Yeah, it wasn't a bad album in my opinion. Like everybody, but everybody just hated it, just piled on it. Like the beats was whack, he was whack. It's like, what did you expect? Did you expect LL Cool J? Did you expect Method Man? Like, like this dude is on a whole nother level, man. And like, I'm sorry, man. It's, the album was, you know, it, it wasn't a perfect album by, by any stretch, but it, it was far from trash. But um, moving on, man, I also got Unfairly Hated, Jay-Z's Blueprint 3. Oh, wow. That's a good selection. Um, that's actually one of my favorite Jay-Z albums, man. Like, that was a really good album. It was, man. It was mature. It was polished. Uh, people forget, like, Empire State of Mind with Alicia Keys was on that album. Death of Autotune was on that album. Forever Thank you. Was on that album. Like, but a lot of cats hated it. Like, even Jay-Z fans. Like, yeah. Like, man, he was black. Um, man, I'm fairly it hated was, on. It was um, better than Kingdom Come. Yeah, better than better than rock. Better than Blueprint rock, too. Uh, uh, rock, uh, rock the Dynasty. Better. Yeah, than, better than that. Shoot, man, I might even put it above American Gangster. I put it above that too. Um, another one, man, a tribe called Quest, the Love Movement. I'm not sure if you had this on your list, but no, I felt I, I felt that was unfairly hated on. I, I feel that album is aged well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got some great guest appearances from like. Words work and punchline and, 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 and most death, Buster Rhymes and um, Noriega is on there, man. Like, yeah, um, yeah, dope, dope album. And, and Jay Dilla put his foot in that album on the production tip. But everybody yeah. was so focused on Tribe breaking up and this being their last album. I think they kind of cast just never really gave it a chance, you know. But I thought the Love Movement was a was a great album. Um, Outcast Idlewild at number four. People don't oh, try you to took mine. <laughs> people try to act like that this album didn't exist, but it did. Does it hold up as well as their other work? It was a far far from a whack album. It, it's it's some, a lot of good good tracks on this album. Um, and then lastly, man, you know I'm a Wu fan, man. I gotta throw this one on there. Method Man's Takao 2000. Wow, that's an interesting selection. Everybody hated it, and I, I kind of understand the hate, but it's, it's not enough to hate the album. People hated it because it was so skid heavy. It was right. like it was like twenty eight tracks and like fourteen of the tracks skits. Mm. Um, but if you peel away the skits, the, the music on there is banging, man. The music on there is grimy. It's, it's got that woo, that late nineties woo feel. It's got 
great, great guest appearances, man. And it's just, it's a dark, gritty album, man. Like, you know, yeah, he kind of overdid it with the skits, but that album, I, I bumped that album more than I bumped the first to cast. Mm. Wow. Yeah, the first cacao. I felt like the first cacao was okay. I I, 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 didn't think that was a great album. No, no, I didn't either. I, I, I thought it was okay, like you said, just okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a that's a solid list. That's a solid list. I didn't I didn't expect to cacao two thousand was jumping to this kind of conversation though. Yeah, man. Castle hating on it, man. Castle. I didn't. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it enough to be like, oh, this is terrible. This is worse. Why are you listening to this in the car? Like, I, you know, I, I, had, I had it. It was in my rotation. I had a couple of songs that I liked off of it. it was, I mean, I mean, at that point in Method Man's career, I stopped taking him that seriously, you know, and I just felt like, you know, he's kind of, he, 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 he turned the most commercial out of all of the Wu-Tang members. And not saying that's a bad thing, but I just felt like. But I it felt very. He, while, while you're right in that statement, it, it felt organic, though. It felt it didn't yeah. feel forced. Like right, he, he was the most mainstream because he had the most mainstream appeal. Exactly. But he Method Man was always Method Man. You know what I mean? Right. Like he was always rough, rugged, and raw. Um, and man, dude, real talk, man. '98. Method Man until cannabis came along. Method Man was like my favorite MC. Yeah, that, I, 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 w- I wouldn't argue with that. I mean, Method Man was lyrically gifted, man. Lyrically gifted. Well, when when I first started writing rhyme, I was trying to sound like Method Man. Right. But yeah. that's a whole other topic on the whole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, hey, I. Method Man is a he's a he's a beast too, and he still is, man. It's just that, like I said, you know, people, you know, unfairly hate on these albums because it didn't meet certain expectations, and they just don't want nothing to do with them. But when you go back to him and you listen to him, he's like, man, you know, this actually was pretty good. Uh, you took cannabis from me, um, so I'm not gonna rob on that. Jay Z, as far as albums, the mom number two on my list. Um, got to get the door for my sister-in-law. Hold on, she. Hold on, one second. Hey, hey tell her, tell her, do a, a drop on the on the podcast. <laughs> I will definitely. What's up? We got Nikki coming in the building. We shoot my podcast episode. Uh, can you send a little shout out, Nick? <laughs> Got in on the other line. Shout out, shout out to Nikki, man. <laughs> our, our first, our first special guest. Yeah, we over here talking about uh, hated on albums. I was getting into my uh, what? Yeah, if you wanna. Yeah. So, get back to uh, my top five. Like I said, you took my cannabis one, but um, the one I if I'm gonna go Jay Z. I'm going Volume One. I feel like Volume One. I wouldn't say it was hated on, but it's it's not looked at as a like people always overlook it, and I kind of view that as hate. <laughs> if you know what I mean. 
Yeah, yeah. They they when you go back that far, people all automatically jump to reasonable doubt. And it, yeah. then it's like they go from reasonable doubt and then they skip <laughs> they skip the next four and go right to blueprint. Right. Right. And it's like, dude, volume one was oh it, it was underrated. It had some of the smoothest production on there. Now what people hold accountable for volume one is that sunshine track that he did with foxy brown which i thought was and, a good song like yeah it wasn't a bad song Raphael sadiq was on there he had a he laid down a nice chorus it was i thought it was dope the the video was trash but you know when you I go back was, like, was that song really any worse than what up daddy was putting out at that time no like like <laughs> sunshine gets a lot of unfair hate man yeah, yeah exactly so that's number four on my list, and I got uh, I got New Danger, Most Death. I don't know if it got a lot of hate on your end, but it did on my end. It did on my end too. It did on my end too. The only cat the new- that was really messing with it, like I was, was Yeah, me and Linnell was the only ones on on our side of town, just really trying to push the album real hard. We saw him perform it at the concert. It was amazing. Like I thought it was different. It was a different. It was much darker than Black on Both Sides. Um, it it didn't get off to the great best of starts, and I think that's what kind of turned off a lot of people. But I would say midway through, I mean, you could live, there was no skippables. Like it was a great, great album. Yeah, yeah. In retrospect, yeah, absolutely, man, absolutely. Like you know, I had a couple missteps here and there, but like they weren't, they weren't. It wasn't a terrible album, man. It wasn't a terrible album. Uh, my next one on the list is Amplified by Q-Tip. Um, people hated that? People hated on that album in my end, dude. Man, not in my circle, man. We was we was messing with it hard and fast. That was, to me, I felt like that was just great at work on that album. Like, nobody yeah. talks about his his work on that album. He, he, he really put that up. And also, little side note, very white had contributions to Vibrant Thing. A lot of people don't know that, but he did. Shout out to Barry White, man. So shout out to Barry White, man, big time. Uh, yeah, Q-Tip, you know, people were accusing Q-Tip of being, taking the commercial route and trying to make pop hits and, and stuff like that. And I'm like, dude, like, Vibrant Thing wasn't really a pop hit. Vibrant Thing was a dope song. I mean, you, breathing when you look at when you look at Tribe's discography, they always had commercial cuts on their albums. Like, exactly. That wasn't nothing, you know, that wasn't nothing new. Yeah, it wasn't. And and then, um, you know, I like, I like the, you know, if you take Breathe and Stop out, I mean, Let's Ride was a dope song. Uh, Go Hard, the first song, Wait Up, like, it was the, the uh, song with Busta Rhymes that only lasted like two seconds before Busta Rhymes got tired of the track and just started cursing out Q-Tip. Like, <laughs> That was great. Yeah, that was that was a very underrated uh, uh, tra- track. It's the things we do, you know. Yeah, dude, that that was a great that was a great one. And last but not oh. least, go ahead. Real quick, shout out to Barry White, man. One of the only R&B singers who stayed with his wife his entire life and career, man. He was married Bruh. to the same woman his whole career. Green long fingernails, man. Love <laughs> right there, man. Shout out to Barry White, man. And he had the sickest perm ever. Man. That slick man. bat. He had that Mustafa. <laughs> that Mustafa. <laughs> and he had he had one of the coldest instrumental albums ever. Uh, that uh, Midnight 
session that he did with the orchestra and everything that was dope like Barry White was before his time man yeah man his his stuff is so sample heavy man so I mean sample worthy yeah definitely and then last but not least Electric Circus I threw that one in there as a hated on album I thought Electric Circus was a decent album I don't think it was as bad as everybody made it out to be yes Prince had some contributions to that album um soul power was a great way to start off the album um CeeLo had a couple of nice appearances I didn't I felt like come close didn't belong on the album because it, it, it didn't really blend and I think that's what and it didn't we, sound like nothing else on the album and I think that's why people hated on it because everybody heard come close and the video was creative with him uh, talking to the girl and you find out at the end she she couldn't talk you know she he was doing a, he was showing her the signs because you know she was deaf and everything and I thought that was dope but it didn't have nothing to do with the rest of the album and I think that's what turned people off is when they saw Come Close they was expecting the album to sound like that and then you know Common took it to a whole nother level with the Jimi Hendrix um, route and I thought I thought it was dope, you know. Yeah, yeah. He hooked them with that with that single, and then like when they bought the album, it was like Common was like, "Gotcha!" <laughs> like, yeah. Like I'm I'm taking this to a different direction. Yep. And so uh, that's that, and that's the thing. Um, I, I I felt like Electric Circus wasn't his worst album. Everybody always talk about, oh, that was his worst album. No, it wasn't. Universal Mind Control was Common's worst album. Yeah, we, we we up up to that point, it might have been his his least quality album. I don't even want to say worst because it was still a lot of good stuff on there. But like, man, yo, he he was like, uh, uh, Universal Mind Control was like, man, hold hold, hold my beer. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like I could suck way harder than that could ever suck. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. That album was a turd sandwich. <laughs> Man, that album I don't even remember any tracks from that album. I remember I remember one time this is how I first found out about Universal Mind Control. I think I was watching Jay Leno or something or worse. One of those night shows and he comes out and he's dressed like African Bombada and all of a sudden he's playing the new the Universal Mind Control song comes on. As soon as the beat drops, he's like, get 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 it. Uh, get it, get 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 it. I'm like, what? <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm having an SB Trinity moment right now. What are you doing, <laughs> Common? What are you doing? Get 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 it. Oh no, man, no, this song look good. And then he performed the rest of the song. I was like, oh man, and I'm about to buy this album, which I did. And it was the worst money I ever spent prior to Queen Pen. But we'll talk about that later. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Yeah, normally I buy all Commons albums, you know, sight unseen, unheard. He's got that equity with me. Yeah. But for some reason with this album, I'm like, I'm like, man, he's doing a little bit too much defending of it, man. Like maybe I should, I should wait till the reviews come in. And I'm so glad I did. Man. Oh, it was so bad, dude. You, you, you did yourself well. You did yourself well. Uh, speaking of albums, and we're, we're gonna stick to this topic uh, before we get into our Otis segment. Uh, hidden albums. Hidden albums. Now, what I mean by hidden albums is. 
an album that you stumbled across that you constantly saw in the record store but you never picked it up and one day you just said you know what i'm gonna go ahead and give it a chance you bought it and it turned out to be one of the hottest albums you ever got what comes to mind for you now my here's my question are we just tackling this topic today or is this going to be a continued segment it could be a continued segment because i have many i, I wrote down like seven so just give so, us one that made me stand out because okay. um, i got one myself count base beg borrow steel album mm. i have been hearing his name around on different compilations hip-hop compilations in like the early 2000s here right. and there um all right nick you know, what you say? No, I was saying pizza, you know, to uh, make it. Yeah, oh, okay. So I said holler. Hey, Ian said holler. He said holler. <laughs> All right, Nick. Yeah. Well, yeah, go ahead. Um, <clears throat> what was I about to say? Um, yeah, so. Count Bay's D Big Bro still. I've been hearing his name buzzing around and I saw the album sitting in um uh rock record. Okay. Like Shouts out to no, Rock Record. Rock Rec- I take that back. I take that back. Pros pros man. Didn't you used to work yeah. there? No, I I applied to work there, but that I, I I can never get put on. Oh. And um I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna check it out because the cover, it had a red and black cover. It was like a monochromatic cover or photograph of a subway station and it just looked so dope mm-hmm. the way the colors was laid out it looked like a, one of those old school blue note jazz album covers right and i'm like you know what it's seven bucks let me go ahead take a chance dude mind-blowing dude i'm gonna have Mind- to check this out i'm writing this down i, I mean i like I, I listen to a lot of count bass but i this one probably escaped me a little bit and it's a it's an EP. The funny thing is that it's an okay. EP, fourteen tracks, but they're short tracks. It's an EP. Um, yeah, I think it's it might only run maybe like 28, 29 minutes all together. But man, dude, I was bumping that so hard. Like like after I actually got to check it out, I'm like, man, this this stuff is amazing, man. I think to this day it is still his his best album. Um, but yeah, Big Brawl still, man, very jazzy, very sample heavy. Um, he's got a real different, unique flow. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's kind of he's kind of goofy sounding, but you know, you you along for the ride, you, right? Exactly. And um, I'm pulling out right now. Yeah, I see. It's, it's the tracks are pretty short. Yeah, man, check it out. Check that out. Man. Okay. And I got more to come, man. So we'll we'll get to them eventually. Definitely. Uh, my but, but no one had that album. Like no one had that album. Wow. Like, no like, one man, had. A, I, I didn't have it. I'm gonna have to check it out. I, I would. I didn't read about it in any magazines. You know what I'm saying? Like Whoa. I didn't get no reviews for it. But I was just like, man, let me, let me, let me see what this is about. You know? I'm so glad I did. Well, it was actually an import. Um, it was from what I'm looking at now. It said it was released in Japan in 2004. It mm. crossed over. So. Yeah, maybe that's the reason why. So, yeah, man, dude, I'm going to check it out, definitely. Um, my pick for a hitting album of the week is J88. I passed up on this 
you know, I was already listening to Fantastic Volume 2 at the time. I was at uh, Dr. Wax in Hyde Park. Shouts out to Dr. Wax, one of the staples in yes, sir. hip-hop. I, I went up to Dr. Wax and, you know, I, I had bought, I think I was buying, I think I had bought Lil Brother. I bought Lil Brother's new album, uh, which was The Listening. And Chuck, who uh, works at Dr. Wax, old guy, he doesn't like anything, but the stuff that he recommends to you is fire. Um, he, he was like, he's like, oh yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I was like, what? I was shocked, man, because Chuck don't like nothing. He didn't like nothing I bought back then. I was buying some nice hip-hop albums, you know what I mean? And he's like, oh, this is whack, but you, you, you'll, you'll like it. I'm like, what? Oh, okay, all right. He's like, yeah, you'll like it. And he never recommends stuff. Because I asked him, I was like, no, nah, he'd be like, oh, no, nah, you ain't ready yet. So um, I ended up, he's like, man, check out that J88. I'm like, J88? Oh, yeah. He was like, you like Slum Village, right? If you like Little Brother, you like Slum Village. He was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, okay. So he had it behind the counter. He gave me that J88. Bruh, I was bumping that J88 more than I was bumping the listening. Wow. I was I was blown away, man. Just the beats. Jay Dilla went hard on that, dude. And it was, you know, of course it was old, like, you know, pre Fantastic Volume Two material, but it was still fire, dude. J. It was like was a it's a great. I, I mean, I have both of those in the rotation. It was the listening and J. Eighty Eight back and forth. I didn't care who was sitting in my car. I'm like, dog, we listening to this, man. I don't care. I don't want to listen to Three Six Mafia. I don't want to listen to Ludacris. <laughs> <laughs> I want to listen to Lil John. I want to listen to all these other rap. I want to listen to this, you know. So, man, shouts out to uh, J. Eighty Eight. That that was a great great album man that i just like i would see it all the time and i told chuck i'm like man chuck i see this all the time man but i was i only saw like eight tracks on it and i'm like i don't want to spend the money on it. he's like oh, i just give you to the i get this for half off since you a faithful client and i'm like okay so he gave it to me for half off man i'm mad that i didn't spend the money man i got some stories involving chuck too and when we next do this segment man like <laughs> you just reminded me of some man <laughs> <laughs> hey, shouts out to Chuck wherever you are, man. Big, you know, uh, it's it's sad that you know Dr. Wax no longer exists, but that was all prior to all this streaming stuff, man. Record stores in general, that whole experience, man. These young people are missing out on, dude. Yeah, man. It wasn't just it wasn't just oh, you go to this building and buy your music. It was a it was a place for a, like a meeting of minds because like exactly. I it, I would get put on to like B Boy summits and graffiti expos like at these record stores you know yeah um, and, and then you had you had like artists come through and sign do do CD signings and stuff like that so it was it was buying music was such a more involved much more involved experience back then where now it's just like okay I hit I hit upload and now I voila I have the album now and, right. You know, cause like you know, I was I was flipping it back in the day, man. I, I was a hundred, you know, still am a hundred cat. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I would I would bust it, man. I would bust it all the way to to Hyde Park, man, just to hang out at Doctor Wax, pick up whatever album I was gonna get that week, and then just throw it in the system in the headphones on the way back, bump it, you know, riding the bus and the train back to the hundred. Mm-hmm. That was a that was an evening for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. One more thing before we move on about Dr. Wax that was notable. I used to tell cats, 
like I used to ask cats like man where, where you get your CDs at like I remember Jason Jackson you know Jason Jackson was into a lot of Jay-Z a lot of the popular hip-hop at the time I'm like dude you need to go to Dr. Wax man they sell you all the stuff that you like for cheap man like all the underground stuff all the popular stuff was the underground stuff so they charge more for those albums but the commercial albums they only charge like four dollars six dollars like you know because they knew it didn't really fly off the shelves there yeah sure didn't so i used to tell cats like dude stop going to coconuts stop paying twenty dollars for a cd you know you can go to dr wax man get what you like for like five dollars and when i told jason that i told a couple of other cats that and they was going to dr wax man racking up coming you know they, their cd collection just expanded dude so dude dude toward the end toward the end they were charging like four or five bucks for little brother album yeah yeah <laughs> little brother had gotten popular to a to a certain degree exactly. like when he got signed to atlantic and, and yeah doing show like I remember going up there and seeing their CDs for like four or five bucks. Yeah, I think I bought Minstrel Store, uh, Minstrel Show for five ninety nine. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I didn't get look. I didn't get the listening for that much. I think I paid like twelve or thirteen for the listening. But yeah, when Minstrel Show came out, I remember they put the they they promoted it hard at Doctor Wax because they had the posters up for it and everything. So yeah, and I bought. I, I think I bought B. Um, I'm his B album for like five bucks. Oh wow! So, yeah, because <laughs> being I think B and Minstrel Show came out around the same time. Yeah, so, they did. Yeah, they did. yeah, those were you know those two were in heavy rotation. But yeah, man, dude, we we definitely gonna go back to this topic, man. This was definitely uh, a nice topic to talk about, and um, but hey, we ain't got all day, so we got to move on to the next. Ain't nobody coming to see you, Otis. Who you got in this week for your award? <laughs> All right, man. So I touched on a little earlier, man. The originator of the J.R. Smith Award, J.R. Smith. It's <laughs> the Ain't Nobody Coming to See You, Otis Award this week, man. You got some cross-pollination going on here. J.R. Smith with his whole stuff with Marcus Smart and then, and then blabbing about, about it to the media afterwards. We know you're trying to stay relevant, Jr. But at the end of the day, ain't nobody. Ain't nobody coming to see you, Otis. Yep, ain't nobody coming to see you, Jay. So, uh, and and just be careful, man. You don't want to win your own award this year. You won't pace to winning your own award this year again. So, hey, he'll be, he'll, he'll be. <laughs> yeah, he's just gonna celebrate. You know, I will <laughs> say this though. I will say this about Jr. I do love. The fact that he's showing love to the orange helmets right now. He's telling fans he'll take off his shirt and everything if the orange helmets win, which is what you predicted last week. Congratulations, Ian. You predicted the orange helmets to win a game, bruh. And they I won. Know. I know. I went against my own good counsel, man. Yeah, man. And, and it and, and, and it paid off, dude. I will say this. We're not gonna get into the picks because we don't have enough time. We'll just do that off wax. And I'll, you know, get the record. But we eat, we broke even last week on the picks. You lost the uh, Green Bay pick. Um, I had I had Detroit. So ah, that's how we ended up breaking even. So, um, but man, the dude, the I had picked the Ravens. You picked the Orange Helmets. Orange Helmets won, and uh, we we uh, broke even last week. You're still in the lead. So 
uh, we'll see what happens next week with those picks. But back to my Otis Award, it goes to Odell Beckham Jr. Bruh, I don't know if you heard the news with him, man, but he's been dissing his teammates, including Eli Manning. He's been dissing his coaching staff. The man just got paid $90 million to catch a football. He's putting up numbers. Having, I think he caught his first touchdown or threw his first touchdown over the weekend. And you still not, and, and you still criticizing your starting quarterback. Yeah, we know Eli getting old. We know he's starting to get washed up. But, dude, the, the Giants are falling off really quickly. And also, you're, you, you got the nerve to call yourself a leader when, when you got your own teammates. Remember when Odell Beckham tried to throw something at a goalpost and it fired back on him because <laughs> he had got mad? Yeah, yeah. Now right. he's got Sterling Chef on the sideline throwing trash cans and, and punching stuff and, you know, out of frustration. It's like, no, this is what you're leading by example. You're a bad example, uh, OBJ. You need to calm down. You need to, you know, calm the Jets, stop talking, start doing, and just, you know, deal with your quarterback. The Giants ain't getting rid of Eli Manning no time soon. So just deal with your quarterback. And go out there, shut up, and win games because you're ruining uh, uh, Saquon Barkley's rookie season, who and he's having a solid rookie season. You're you're ruining that. So obey OBJ, man, ain't nobody coming to see you, bruh. Put up a shut up, dude. Yeah, man, they they might end up having to trade him. No, no, no joke. Man, dude, I, I, seriously, they should have They should have never paid him. That was that's right. my argument. I was gonna say who would who would accept that contract though? Exactly. I felt I always felt I've been on the record saying OBJ is overrated. He, his career is off one catch against Dallas uh, when his rookie season. He ain't done nothing to me, in my opinion, that showed that he's one of the best wide receivers in, in the NFL over Antonio Brown, over Julio Jones, over AJ Green. Like I take a lot of those receivers over him and. You know, he's a head case, dude. He's a head case. All you have to do is get into his head and you can take him completely out of the game. So, I'm not a big OJ, OBJ fan. Ain't nobody coming to see you, bruh. Get your act together. Absolutely, man. Definitely. So, last but not least, what you vibing on this week? Oh, man. Um, Actually, um, I'm bumping that Count Base D. Bad Girl still, man. Um, I'm bumping that. Um, I, I was in preparation for the show. I, I threw, threw it on uh, just to kind of get refreshed with it. But I'm also bumping L. Michael's Affair Return to the 38th Chamber. That's a great one. That's a great one. The sequel to Return to the 37th Chamber. So, wow. Good old blues, funk, instrumentals, homages to Wu Tang, classic Wu Tang joints. And um, just some good quality music, man. And, and of course, I'm bumping a new Ghostface off tape. Nice, nice. I haven't got around to that one yet. But oh, it's man. sick, dude. It's sick. That's what's up. He That's 40 got a track on there, dude. Oh, man. Pretty oh, fire? It's fire, dude. It's fire. I always wanted to hear Ghostface and E-40 on the same track. <laughs> and it do, and it was everything I dreamed it would be. Did he diss uh, Rasheed Wallace again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she man, good old she. Good old she man, definitely. Uh, what I've been bumping is uh, the Jazzual Suspects. 
I'ma send you uh, one of their beats, but man, great combination of jazz and hip hop, instrumental album, excellent, a nice, yeah, man, if you if you got a day where you chilling at the crib and you just need to clean up the house or whatever, or change the diaper, the baby. Oh, oh, dude, I, I did get a chance to check out that potato head, people, man. Fire. Hey, what you think of that? Fire. Dude, I told you, that is a great, I also, yeah, that's another thing, you just reminded me, yeah, I, I done went three episodes without promoting this album on my own podcast, man, but Potato Head People, that album is so dope, man, I stumbled across it, and it's amazing, it's Illa J's bro, it's actually Illa J, Jay Dilla's brother, and it's a combination of hip-hop, R&B, soul, neo-soul, it's got that Detroit feel to it it's an amazing album man matter of fact i'll send you one of that the cuts from that album so you could uh post that please do please do yeah so that will about wrap up our show ian you know you got to get back to work so yes 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 sir so uh i work later but man definitely thanks for tuning in Thanks for all the listening. We're going to try to get more listeners, more shouts out, shout outs, uh, more music, more sports, more media for you. And again, if your kid, if you buy your kid a cell phone, threaten your teachers. If you touch my <laughs> cell phone, if you ever touch my cell phone, it's going to be a prop. <laughs> so, it's too expensive for that. That's too expensive for that, man. Put them hammers up. All right, then. Well, we'll see we'll see you on the next one. For sure. Peace, 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 peace.
So many hard, hard times, baby And from my 